0: We are back for another episode of The Verge. Today we have Maggie, the Chief Growth Officer of Credivera. Welcome, Maggie. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your career, sure. how you ended up as a chief growth officer as a female? And, and,
1: yeah. uh, and
0: give us some background.
1: Well, it's uh, I think sometimes uh, people call me the original millennial. I've had about I've definitely had over 27 career shifts in my lifetime. I started my world as an accountant, if you can imagine. And if you know me, you'll know that I'm definitely not a quintessential accountant. Um, But I worked in Jolene Completions right out of university, Um, had a fascinating view of field operations, uh, probably that sort of informed a lot of what I've done in later years. Um, I transitioned into technology in the early days of computing, and I fell in love with it. It was kind of a, it's nice to see a tool that helped solve business problems. And I've always taken uh, technology in that perspective. I've done everything from R and D to application development, um, customer support, oof, software implementation—you name it. I've I've done the gamut throughout my career. I've had the absolute pleasure of working with um, people really, really smart people, and I've managed to be on all continents, which is kind of fun. Except Antarctica, they haven't they haven't got me there yet. But it's it's <laughs> imminent, I'm sure. Okay. Um, so prior to my current gig, I, uh, ran a boutique resourcing company. Uh, we ran contingent workers for telco, uh, oil and gas utilities and cannabis, which is legal here. And Mm -hmm. I did that for over a decade. I'm, uh, I love the challenge of beating people to fill a job (laughs) crack. I'm a little competitive, I think. And I love being commended for finding unicorns to fill tough roles and, ensuring that compliance and good practices are uh, the core of everything I did. I think I'm a little allergic to inefficiencies and bad business practices. So as a side hustle, I did some consulting with companies on how to implement their contingent worker strategies and ensure that they were efficient and compliant, and cost effective and all that good stuff.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And why don't you tell us about what you're doing now? Because you uh, guys are a nice. startup, up and coming company, super yeah. exciting, um, launching out to all you know avenues, and and you have a few healthcare clients. But I think the the tool would be great for large, you know, even smaller healthcare organizations yeah. as well. It's interesting.
1: So um, a few years ago, I, I don't know if we're technically still a startup. I think we're kind of. Edging into the growth phase of things. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. Um, a few years ago, I started, uh, I joined a couple of dear friends in uh, creating a digital identity in the workplace. So, Credivera is a technology company. We're based here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and we're a leader in the secure, open exchange of verified credentials and digital identity solutions. Uh, we created a, a digital wallet and a service behind it that consolidates all of your information and checks it out at source and makes sure it's presented in real time. And um, it's leveraging a little bit, uh, it's leveraging Web3 technologies and open standards and we created this digital ecosystem. Uh, we like to call it the triangle of trust. We connect employers and workers and authorized issuers to share this information in real time, make sure it's valid and up to date. So it eliminates fraud, uh, and misrepresentations by including issuing bodies, and it speeds up onboarding. Uh, so anybody's looking at multiple weeks' stuff on onboarding new staff should give me a shout. We verify skills and, and capabilities, and they're as valid on day one as they are throughout their, the tenure of an individual. So we make sure that everybody's always in good standing. Um, it's, it's a really elegant tool. It's an elegant solution to a fairly complex problem. And at the, at, the, at the very core of this, we've put the individual. And an individual gets to control their data and decide how it's shared and who it's shared with, which is pretty unusual in the world now. I mean, we're so used to throwing our information madly into the Internet to see where it lands. And now we get to be more specific, more deliberate about sharing and revoking that information when it no longer serves us. So, um, again, there's the individual that's involved in our solution, the employer who has or makes business decisions based on the information that the uh, individual shares with them, and issuing bodies, and that can be anyone from you know, issuers of a background check, issuers of a credential or a skills, um, a skill credential um, mm-hmm. can can uh, can can activate um, their their position in this in this ecosystem.
0: Yeah. So people that are in the union or um, health care workers that have to go through rigorous tests, yeah. and TB and immunizations and and then but then yeah. to have it right there for the actual employee to see as well. Um, and so I call my employer and say, can you send X, Y, Z to my new employer because I didn't have my immunizations or, you know, whatever it might be
1: right it's really interesting because we've had a lot of feedback from people who are the actual users of these wallets and they say it's so convenient to have everything in one spot because you're right in a lot of instances you are that person that's traveling around to different places Mm -hmm. and inevitably the ability to share that is uh tough it used to be that you'd haul a big binder of all your skills Mm -hmm. and credentials around with you and this is a digital representation of that it's secure it's un- it's tamper proof it's immutable it's really a, a an elegant way of sharing information that you have to have with you on your journey and you can update it with your occupational health tests you can do all sorts of things so you know i know and and I, in the in the healthcare industry of course there's a lot of that that information is very tightly held and you want to make sure that you have a trustable environment to that is the originating source or the, the, the tr- source of truth. And what we have is the ability to take that source of truth information and put it into a digital format uh, or to, to be uh, shared in a way that is, is very private and very secure.
0: Yeah, I see the solution good for like my husband's company which is a form of construction, demolition and all the union people. But then I also see it working really well for, um, travelers, you know, um, healthcare travelers. And then also in HIT, we have so many consultants that they have to go on a three week gig or a three month gig and they have to keep, um, recertifying themselves at each organization.
1: Right. It's really lovely. Um, I think the convenience of it is really what got me initially. I was so excited because I had some workers who were showing up on, a on an oil and gas site and they were traveling six or seven hours from their home to mm-hmm. show up at a site, um, show their credentials to a person who was guarding the site to ensure that they were in good standing. Mm-hmm. And that poor schmo who was sitting there making that determination mm-hmm. had really no way of actually determining whether or not the credentials were good or in good standing or if they mm-hmm. were just created in the local um, fraud credential Right. Cottage industry. So, yeah, right. it's really a, a, a much easier manner, easier way to share this information. And the cool part is that you're right. The uh, use cases for this are huge. We started our journey, actually, in construction. And mm-hmm. we have uh, found that we've moved into real estate, into legal areas, into health area, to all sorts of different environments, because the, the need is the same regardless of where you go. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that you have uh, credentials. You know who the person is that's showing up on your site. You know what they can do, and you can prove what they can do through their credentials and their occupational health tests and all that good stuff. So, it's 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 been game changing in a lot of industries for sure.
0: So, what if I'm an organization that utilizes your product, but then I'm going to an organization that doesn't utilize the product? How does that how is that received? How and how does that organization that doesn't use it um, like know th- to trust you and trust that information and and not have to you know go through the
1: whole process again? Yeah, it's interesting because certainly a lot of places we're not everywhere yet, obviously, but we mm-hmm. certainly want to be. And the ability to share that information uh, is is easy regardless of who you are. So if you are a company that isn't using it yet, you can be. So we, we're a very quick. Uh, set up. We um, have the easiest, easiest integrations you've ever seen. And i I know every technology company says that, but we actually mean it. I think one of the great things about us is we're all from a technical background. So we've made this very smooth and very easy to integrate. It's hours and minutes, not days and weeks and months to get our systems up. And usable. Um, we can share information across all sorts of boundaries that are that are quite quite. It's quite exciting.
0: Yeah, and you can share with the HR and in, or
1: integrate yep. with the HR uh, softwares as well. Yeah, we we've, we've already done a few, um, and we're 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 agnostic. So what we like to say is we'll integrate with anybody that would like to integrate with us. So we are based on open standards. And that makes it pretty simple. Um, we haven't found an integration that has stumped us yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that may come, but certainly it, yeah. it isn't part of our of our worldview yet.
0: Yeah, that's great. So pivoting mm-hmm. over being a female leader and a chief yeah. executive, what has been some of the obstacles that you um, have had to jump over or overcome or... You know any mentors that really stick out to you that helped you along the way?
1: Well, it's interesting because we have our our chief uh, technology officer, who is actually one of the co-founders, is also female. Um, I've I've been very fortunate, or very prescribed—I'm not never sure which—but um, I've been lucky enough to have a bunch of incredibly strong female mentors throughout my life, and I've also been one. So. Um, we're all big advocates for women leaders. We have three on our executive, uh, three out of five are women, which is pretty incredible statistics. (laughs) Yeah. I know it's kind of funny when you sit back and you go, but I think we are always about skills-based. We are more about, uh, giving the opportunity to the people, regardless of their gender or their age or their whatever comes up. Um, we have always been, uh, Collectively and independently, we're, also, we're all very strong mentors and advocates. And I feel like once you start to advocate and champion women, um, they just gravitate toward you. You have lots of choices. You, you determine you're, that you're going to make lots of choices in, 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 in women candidates. Um, and I think I've always, I've always searched out women candidates as part of the mix. So it's never been an issue that I've had to deal with, which is strange because literally I started in the most redneck kind of environment you could possibly imagine—field mm-hmm. operations and oil and gas. It doesn't doesn't get yeah. much more. Um, Not many females there. Traditional, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even then, which was weird, there were actually female rig engineers, so it was it was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's been my destiny to be part of a female. Uh, led environment for all my life and, and I I take it seriously when we actually move forward with it. So it's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. I think I saw a post a few days ago of a of a woman um talking about how other women are not helping each other and why are we okay. intimidating each other and, and I I commented back that, that there's enough, you know, glass ceiling for us to still break that we can be kind and and
1: be empathetic and true. still help each other out. <laughs> Not final. you know that's true, and it's 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 actually i've i've i'm I'm known as somebody who ha- encourages women i I love to advocate their businesses, I love to support their businesses either from a mentorship perspective or just even from an end user perspective. so mm-hmm. I feel it like, like you just have to live it and you have to be serious about it every 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 day and and that manifests itself in these wonderful women doing incredible things that we can all share in so it's been yeah. fabulous.
0: So tell me about your organization through COVID. Are you all still remote? How Are you coming back into the office and how how the organization handle that transition?
1: Oh, my gosh. We are, we're pretty distributed um, geographically. We have people in the Northeast United States. We have people in Eastern Canada. Uh, we have people here in Calgary and people in Edmonton. So we, we're not a huge shop. We're a little over 20 people. Uh, we are geographically dispersed, but we do um, we do take culture very seriously in our organization. And culture is partly um, partly created by those serendipitous moments that you can get together and collaborate. And we spend a lot of time and energy doing that. So we actually have uh, we have an office downtown, which is behind me. You, you may not see this and In podcast world but um, we do have a centralized space that we can actually meet we do encourage people to show up a couple of days a week at least Uh, we do create events that we get together that we can collaborate in and we also have a very strong um, reward mechanism around our our culture our, our goats culture and how we actually interact with each other so we have a very we feel it's very important to how we how we work as a team and and the product that we create because we have a very brilliant group of people that actually contribute every day to making it better and better. So uh, we are working hard to ensure that that, uh, regardless of whether we're at home, or at work, or some combination thereof, that we're all contributing and collaborating.
0: Yeah, it speaks to your leader as well, right? I have. Oh the ability to know um, Dan quite well. We've met in person a few times. Um, yes.
1: He's and amazing. I had to call him
0: out on the podcast. He's going to listen. and uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But, but his leadership and his go get it attitude and so positive all the time with such a big smile. I mean, it just helps lead the organization to greatness, right?
1: 100%. It couldn't. It, we couldn't have a better leader. He's just all things to all people. He's just incredible. He's fun. He's serious. He's got a brilliant mind. He, he envisioned this solution prior to it being a thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's been recognized now as, as a really interesting event in the industry. Yeah. And he's he's been, he's, I don't even know how to describe him. He has all that in a bag of chips.
0: <laughs> I I would describe them
1: as I like to
0: gravitate to people that are just like jumping out of their skin, excited about something. Right. He just jumps out of his skin. Like you can just feel the aura like,
1: from far away. You really can yeah. from miles away. Yeah. From yeah. roughly from space. Yes.
0: Yeah. It really helps the <laughs> culture of the organization. True story. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what What are things outside of work that are passionate that help you um, you know, maybe relax or the work life balance or you know, <laughs> what do you what do you do to uh channel your inner zen and uh
1: oh if only I had some inner zen uh to channel. I I actually I'm a big fan of golf. I'm I'm not good at it. I'm getting better at it. I'm a burden golf. <laughs> <laughs> I can drive <try laughs> a golf cart. <laughs> yeah. Well that's a skill too. Everybody needs to know their superpower, right? Um I love golf. I love I love it because it's kind of a strategic thing, but it's also a risk environment. And I'm a bit of a verb in my group of, of golfers because um, I feel like you have to take some risks in life and in, in sport. And uh, the Maggie shot is something where you weigh the odds and your probabilities and you just take the risk and go for it. Sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm tragically wrong. But uh, by and large, it's a really, really enjoyable uh, pastime. It's good to hang out with my lady friends. I've got some incredibly strong my my network of support is also a bunch of golfers. So that's kind of exciting. So they are fantastic women golfers who take it seriously and also have a lot of fun. So that's that's probably what I do the most. I'm a, a constant traveler. I love, love, love traveling. I've, I was really lucky in my work uh, history to be able to, to travel a lot. So I still do it uh, recreationally. I used to be called a competitive traveler. I calmed down in my old age, but it's still pretty fun to to get out and do things. I used
0: to be a road warrior as well before children and traveled every week across the country for three
1: plus years and... um, yeah, has its moments for sure, and you do miss it when when it's done, right? So it's, yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. You get a um, little, I,
0: like you get itchy, even you know, working for Divergent, and I don't have like a flight booked right now, and you're kind of like get itchy, weird. like I
1: need to like know <laughs> what the plane ride's gonna be. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Yeah, it's really exciting, actually. Um, yeah, it's been it's been fun. Uh, I love traveling. I love golf. Um, those are probably the two things that kind of keep me grounded. I have a really strong network of friends and family and luckily my friends and family are all over the world so no matter where i go i feel like i've got somebody i can to i do it's fantastic
0: (laughs) what's your favorite place that you've traveled
1: that maybe Uh, not that's such a crazy question. I know it's funny because I'll I'll answer that with a country, and then I'll go, no, it's this one, and I'll mm-hmm. give you a list of fifteen countries. But <laughs> you know, there's just I think there's probably something interesting about every continent that I've ever been on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's beautiful. I love different cultures. Um Me too. Bit of a foodie, bit of a wino. So those are kind of passions of mine as well. So mm-hmm. I love Asia for that, from from the beauty and simplicity of their their world and how incredible their cultures are. Mm. Um, I love Latin America, it's so exciting and fiery and beautiful and exciting to hang out there. And Europe is just like, there's just, uh, I guess if I thought of one, hmm, might be a toss up between uh, Vietnam and Portugal and Argentina. Yeah. Portugal's
0: on my list to like go like high on the list to take the family.
1: Oh, um, do it. It's amazing. Where's
0: one place that you haven't been yet that you're like done, like you have to go? Hmm. Putting you on the spot. I know I am.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> this and wasn't in the, the list st-
0: of questions.
1: <laughs> I haven't I haven't been to the stands yet. To where? The stands. Okay. Kazakhstan, Afghanistan.
0: Nope. Yep, the stands.
1: Uh, maybe I, maybe I'll have to do that before I, before I hang up my passport.
0: <laughs> it. I don't, it doesn't sound like you're ever going to hang up your passport.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs>
0: that's
1: okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, I always end with one last question. Just wondering, um, could you choose what your superpower is that you,
1: um, you know, shed light on you
0: know, over the world and, and uh, help everyone out with?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think I I actually have many. And that's not braggadocious. It's just I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. I think your one wise soul told me once that my superpower is forgetting that I have a million superpowers that I engage every day, (laughs) which made me giggle. But I think my real superpower is that I connect dots um, exceptionally well. Um, I think that's what made me thrive in the recruitment space is mm-hmm. understand like it's just a it's just a thing that I, that drives me every darn day to ensure that i can connect dots um efficiently and effectively and i'm super lucky to be working in a space that allows me to do that and feeds my superpower so i'm a constant dot connector
0: <laughs> awesome great that was so great to talk to you today thank you so much for your time Thanks for tuning in to The Verge Podcast, brought to you by Divergent, a leading healthcare IT consulting firm. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to hit the follow button to stay up to date with the latest IT developments and the exciting ways tech is transforming healthcare today.